Today, we are talking about fear and security. And fear will absolutely destroy you. If you don't feel secure, fear sets in. And if that fear that sets in goes unchecked long enough, then you will find yourself in a prison that is inescapable that will eventually lead you to become crooked, bent, and broken and lost. In other words, your heart and your soul will begin to feel fear because of insecurity. And it will cause the rest of you, your body, physical fear, emotional fear, social fear, and cultural fear will begin to set in. But if you find a peace and a security in something outside of you, then you will thrive in all circumstances, in the face of danger, in the face of sword, in the face of all of the ways that you have been hurt by somebody, by this world, and it's causing you to feel this deep insecurity about yourself, and you're not really sure about anything that you're doing or how you ought to live, that will begin to set in. But if you will find this peace and security outside of yourself, you will begin to stand as a mountain, no matter what's before you. And you know, Eden... Eden is the mountain garden of God. It's the place of complete security. It's the place of complete peace because that is where God is present. But the tragedy of humanity is that we have been exiled from Eden because why? Because we didn't trust God. Trust is key in all of this. Everything I'm saying today has to do with trust. And a lack of trust caused us to be exiled outside of Eden, and there outside of Eden, what we find before us is danger. What we find before us is insecurities. What we find before us is everything that we ought to be fearful of, because this world is dangerous, and if you don't know it yet, you're going to figure it out pretty quick. And the world is after you. Life is difficult, and it's coming. And if you don't have something big to trust in, it will lead to insecurity and fear, and then eventually you will find yourself with the greatest of intentions, but still you will find yourself becoming evil without realizing it's happening to you. Because you're out there, you're facing all these things, and you're facing them alone. You've not only been exiled from Eden, but you've exiled yourself from God. And if you could just find him again, he could be your strength and your mountain in whatever you're standing in front of. And that means that any time you are facing this world that is full of dangers and you feel peace and security, it's because Eden has come. Eden has become mobile. So how do you draw Eden closer to you? By drawing near to the God who's drawn near to you. Now, You will not get Eden the way that it was. You will get it in part. But as you receive Eden in part, you're receiving something that will help you face the dangers that are before you. You'll have peace, safety, security, no matter the circumstance. And wouldn't we all like to live that way? Wouldn't we all like to be able to have the kind of strength that lets you, even on your deathbed, be able to sing out of the joys of what is to come? Wouldn't we all like to be able to face the thing that we fear most and yet face it with strength and security 
so that that fear then begins to wipe away. We're in this series called Playlist, The Road Home. And I think a lot of you don't know this. We've been writing songs. Cruz, you got to go back in there, buddy. So, come back to me here. So we've been writing songs for each psalm that we're walking through in the series called Playlist the Road Home. And three times a year, here's what the Israelites would do. They would take this pilgrimage all the way to Jerusalem, the city of God, and then once they get there, this is the city of God, the city of peace, they would travel up to Mount Zion, which is the presence of God, and it's the Mount of Joy, and there they would worship God. And now this city represents complete peace. This city represents joy. This city represents security. And what they would do is, on this pilgrimage along the way, they would have these songs that they would sing, which are the psalms that we are in, the songs of ascents, 120 to 134. And they would use these songs on this difficult road that they were on to give them the strength to continue to press on so that they would get up to this mountain so that they themselves would become this mountain. And I want to tell you this, this is a long road. It's a long obedience in the same direction, and if you will continue on it each week climbing that mountain, you're going to find yourself becoming a mountain, and that's what we're after in the series. So let me read to you. It's from Psalm 125, a song of ascents. Those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be moved, but abides forever. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people from this time forth forevermore. For the scepter of wickedness shall not rest on the land allotted to the righteous, lest the righteous would stretch out their hands to do wrong. Do good, O Lord, to those who are good and to those who are upright in their hearts. But to those who turn aside to their crooked ways, the Lord will lead away with evildoers. Last line, peace be upon Israel. Now, these verses are talking about people who become mountains that cannot be moved and compares them with those who are unlike a mountain but are swept away because of a deep insecurity that is causing fear, that is causing them to become crooked and then be swept away. So today, what we're going to ask is, who are those that are moved by the winds and trials of this world, and what do they become like? Second, who are the, third, who are those that are not moved Fourth, what do they become like? And fifth and last question, how do we become a mountain? First question, who are those that are moved? Our verse says something a bit terrifying. If you take the Bible seriously, you ought to read this, and it ought to give you a sincere and deep warning, because it says, those who trust in God become unmovable, but those who do not trust in God who put their trust in other places. They might look like great people. They might be wonderful people. They might treat you so well. But what's going to happen to them is an insecurity will set in because they have nothing solid to trust in, and it will produce fear in them. And when you become fearful, you start not living for others but living for yourself, and slowly over time, you become crooked, bent, and undone. So the question we're going to ask first, what we're going to look at is, who are those that are not trusting? Who are those that aren't moved? And the claim here is, you can read as many self-help books as you want. 
to get joy in your life, to get peace in your life, to get happiness in your life, to get strength in your life. Read them all you want. But all they're going to do is fill up your mind and you're going to become top heavy. And you're easily going to be tipped over because you've got all this information and knowledge in your mind, but you've got no solid foundation. So everything around you is slippery, so you're more likely to fall because you've been puffed up with knowledge that has made you prideful, and you just slip and fall. And that makes you then, once you've slipped, insecure, fearful, and then, well, that's not a good thing. Those self-help books will turn you into someone who's top-heavy. Now, I don't know if you've ever punched a punching bag that sits on the ground. It's got a bunch of weight in the bottom of it, sand or something. You hit those things as hard as you want, they always stand right back up. Those are those who trust in the Lord. But if you don't, you'll tip over. So you trust in the Lord, you become like a mountain. A mountain is bottom-heavy. Now, this does not mean that if you trust in God, you are dumb. It means now, because you've trusted in God, you've got a foundation that all this knowledge that you have can support. So are you built like a mountain or are you top-heavy? If you trust in anything other than God, you will become top-heavy. And you know, your soul, do you know where it is? It's often thought of as to be like in the belly area. So you find something of substance to trust in and it makes you sturdy, unmovable. So when life hits you, you always bounce right back up because you're like a mountain that can't be moved. So what does it mean to not trust God? How do you know if you're trusting him? What does it mean to not trust him? It means when you face danger, when you face difficulty, when you face pain, suffering, loss, heartbreak, where is the first place you're turning? If you don't trust God, you're turning somewhere else. Sickness sets in. Do you go to doctors first or God first? I'm not saying aren't important. Run to your doctors, but run to God first. Your marriage is in trouble. Where are you turning first? Are you opening up the Bible saying, what's going on here? What does it mean to have a marriage that God wants me to have? And then chase that first before you go to counselors. Everybody needs a counselor. You guys are messed up. We are messed up people. We all need counselors. However, first go get counsel from God. You lost your job. You go to a resume before you go to your job to God. Or your moral compass. Where, think about where your moral compass is coming from. When you read the Bible, are you picking and choosing what is right or wrong based on what you're reading? If you're picking and choosing, then you're making your moral compass wiser than God's moral compass, and that is very slippery ground. It's pretty dangerous what you're doing, because what you're saying is each person can determine what is right or wrong for themselves. Now, all fine and good, but you better know what you're producing. You're producing chaos of monumental proportions because what you're saying is that each of you get to decide what is right or wrong. Let's say I decide I want to hurt you. You have no moral grounds to stop me from doing that because we're saying each person can decide what they want for themselves. Now, you could say, okay, fine. Let's say... You can do whatever you want so long as you're not hurting anybody. Well, how do you know that you wanting to leave your spouse isn't going to hurt your spouse and your children? How do you know that pornography isn't bending your mind and bending your heart, and not only you, but you are funding or contributing to what 
is being produced that is bending and warping those people's minds and hearts? How do you know that drinking too much isn't hurting your friends, hurting your family? And just, we can just keep going on here. So you say, okay, fine, let's do this. Let's say that the community as a whole gets to decide how we ought to live. Well, all you've done now is you've elevated the community into the position of God, and you just have a new form of God, one that eventually will probably become tyrannical if you give it too much power. If you trace it out, not only is Christianity the greatest news of rescue, but it's the most logical system to follow, and it makes the most sense compared to everything else. Everything else seems to crumble on itself. So now, what do those who do not trust in the Lord become like? Well, they become the opposite of the mountain. They get swept away. Swept away with the evil ones, our verse is saying. Now, we need to unpack this because it's very important what's being said here. You don't trust God. Something solid to trust in, it produces fear, insecurity. You know what you become like? Well, you, you look around at everything when you're fearful, and even when you're walking around, you feel like you're swimming in a whirlpool of danger. And so what do you do when you feel like you're in a whirlpool of danger? You start clinging and grasping for anything that could rescue you, that could help you. And because you, you've got not, you don't have God to trust in, so you're looking for everything, but everything keeps letting you down. And you know what that means? You're, when you grasp for everything, there are people who are standing in your way. And in your desperation, you are knocking people over to get to some solid ground that you can stand on. Scared people hurt people. Fearful people hurt people. And when you are fearful and you hurt people, you're pushing everybody out of your life. And now you're alone. And now you're alone facing your great fear. And you know what? Now you're standing right at the gates of hell. And you know what fear does? It, it rewires your brain, actually. I, I read that a psychologist say that fear and insecurity will rewire your brain to receive less serotonin. And serotonin is what makes you feel good. It makes you believe in yourself. It much, it's what makes you think you can do something. It what gets you up in the day to go and take on the day. Now, if you don't have that, well, you don't believe in yourself. But you also start believing that you're a burden to other people. So you isolate yourself even further. Now you're really at the gates of hell. Proverbs says, when someone isolates themselves, they seek their own desires and rage against all wise judgment. Fear and insecurity will take you down into a pit that will feel like hell. And you're practically knocking on its door now. Because you have nothing solid to trust in. Now, those who aren't moved, who are like a mountain, they aren't getting swept out from under their feet. Why? Why are they like a mountain? Well, this is our third question. Who are those that aren't moved? They are those who trust in the Lord. So what does it feel like to trust in the Lord? Well, it's like standing on a mountain. And you look out and you are surrounded by other larger mountains. And this is a mountain of spiritual protection, the mount of God. It's protecting your soul, it's protecting your heart, it's protecting your mind. And on the other side of those mountains that are surrounding you are all of your great fears, all of your enemies, all the suffering you've experienced, all the losses that you've experienced. 
everything that tells you you should be terrified, only you are standing upon a mountain that is surrounded by the mount of God. So you feel protected. You feel like, and this does not mean that you aren't going to face troubles. In fact, you might face more troubles. But what it does mean is that you have some strength to you now because you're standing upon the mount of God. And that will give you rest at night. That will give you peace in your homes. That will give you joy in all the work that you do and love in all of your actions. And those who are secure, knowing they're protected by God, love others well because they have nothing to worry about. But when you are fearful and insecure, all you do is become self-obsessed. And self-obsessed people don't love well. I read something else recently. The best leaders are not the physically strongest people. They're the most internally secure. So if you're physically strong, you could dominate people. You could become a leader that way. But eventually, in all the fights that you get, well, at some point, you could maybe take on three people. But once you start getting above three people, you're probably going to lose that fight. So people team up against you because they're tired of your tyrannical leadership. But those who are secure, well, they're getting all of this serotonin. They're feeling confident. They're, they're looking out at people and they're believing in people. Not in a naive way. They know people. They know what people are like. But they're, they think that they can help change the world maybe a little bit just in some way. And so they fight for that because they could believe that they can help make it happen. And so they go for it. And people want to follow people like that. Because those people give people hope. Reassure them of peace. And again, not in a naive way. These are the people who look out at all the dangers. They're ready to face their fears, and they're facing those fears with God, and so they press on forward. People want to follow people like that. They want to believe that the ending is going to be well, and that's what the Christian believes. That despite all the suffering and the loss and the pain that is before us, the ending makes it all worth it. The more secure you feel, the more you will be at rest, and the more you will be able to change the people around you in a great way. You know what your family needs most from you? For you to trust God and be secure in him. You know what your kids, your spouse, your friends, your family, your neighbors, your coworkers, everyone around you, you know what they need most from you? For you to trust God, feel secure in him, so that then you can turn out to the world and love it well. Everyone around you is looking for some type of mountain to climb upon. In the middle of struggles and dangers and the chaos of life, be that mountain to the people around you. Fourth question, what do they become like, those who are this mountain? Well, not only do they become like a mountain, but it says they become like Mount Zion, which is absolutely amazing. Mount Zion is where the presence of God is most experienced and known. In other words, it is Eden that has come up out of the grave of death there in Jerusalem, and it is the place where God is most experienced. And it's saying that you become Mount Zion. So if Mount Zion is the presence of God, that means Mount Zion is Emmanuel, God with us. Christ is Mount Zion. Mount Zion is Jesus, the Lord, Savior of all the earth, come for us. 
And it says, you become like Mount Zion. You, when you trust in Christ, he fights to make you like him. An unmovable mountain. Long ago, God made humanity in his image. And the saying goes, we returned the favor. We shrunk him. We made him small because we wanted to take the throne for ourselves. We didn't trust him. We thought he had it out for us. We didn't think he had our best in mind, and so we tried to take over. And then by he made us in his image, we rebelled from it. And in seeking to be greater than him, we became far less than we already were. But you go to Christ, he will remake you again in his image. You know what the goal of the Christian life is? To become like Christ. He faced every fear of man and stood strong. He faced every power and was unmoved. He looked at the cross, the greatest sacrifice the world was ever known, and he embraced it for you. He came into a world that rejected him, and he loved it. He fought for the people that fought against him. He's the mountain garden of God. He's Eden come. He's fearlessness come. He is the unmovable mountain. So, get to work in becoming like him. Look, yes, you're going to mess up. You're going to fall short. You're going to miss the mark. But grace is beautiful, and his mercy will triumph over all of your sins. Believe that is true, and now get to work in becoming like him. You have been justified. Now get to work in becoming like him. He took all your sins upon him. Now get to work and be like him. He took his perfect record and gave it to you. Now become like him. Get to work. When life throws you something unexpected, be the mountain. When your family is in a period of chaos, be the mountain. When your friends are struggling with sin and insecurity and fear and loss, be the mountain. And when the world around you is crumbling from fear and insecurity, be the mountain. Last question, how do you actually become the mountain? It is impossible. It is, alone. And I'm going to tell you why. Because the way you become a mountain is right in the middle of your great fear. The way you become a mountain is... You are, uh, you are healed in the place where you were most insecure. You must be healed and grow in the context that you have been hurt most. Where have you been hurt most? Who have you been hurt most by? Go right into it. Feel the weight of it all, then be healed there. Because this is the, this is the way Jesus works. He's standing right in the middle of all your fears, and he's saying, come to me. If you want to meet him, you've got to face everything that you're terrified of and go meet him in it. It's like this. You've been hurt by someone, and you know what God says? Love your enemies. That is trusting in him. To love your enemies is to trust him. So when someone hurts you, go to him in that pain, and he will teach you how to love your enemies. And that's what it looks like to trust him. Now, see why it's impossible? I mean, that is so hard to do. It's pretty much impossible. But you know what the alternative is? If you don't go do that, 
You live in fear, which warps you. And however good your intentions might be, slowly you will become crooked and corrupt. And you will be surprised at what you've become, and then you get swept off. Look at what the verse says. A rod of wickedness will not stay in the land allotted to the righteous. That means those who don't trust God, who have fallen into fear and have been corrupted, God's going to sweep them away. And you stand in a world that demands that you fear it. And rightfully so. Look around at it all. Look around at what's before you. Look around at people suffering and in pain. We've got it the best here where we live, and still we cannot seem to escape the pain that we are in. This world is violent. So what do you do? In the floods of the waters, you climb up upon the greater mountain. Let him do the work. You climb up him. And do you know when he lets you climb him up, do you know what's happening? You are swarming in sin. You're swarming in missing the mark. You're swarming in this evil that's about you. And, you. and he lets you climb up him. And as you climb up him, he's nailed to the cross. And there on the cross, the waters of sin and death overwhelm him. And you're hanging on to him in the wrath for all sin come and sweep over him, and he he sweeped into death. And there he's holding on to you, but I want you to tell you what happens there. Your sin begins to get washed over, and it's wiped away. Your fear begins to be wiped away. Your corruption begins to be wiped away. And you see him now in the resurrection swimming upstream. And as he does, he's holding on to you, and you come up out of those waters. Something new, something strong, something sturdy, something weighty. Because you climbed up him, the mount of God, Christ. So come up out of the pits of death and hell that have hold of you and climb him. And as you do, you will become a lesser mountain on the greater mountain of God. You'll become something. Because you trusted in him and him alone. Let's pray. God, in your grace and mercy, you have come. Help us see what you want to make us into. Help us become not less but more because we made ourselves less, trusting in you who are greater. Give us peace and give us security when it feels like it's impossible to have. And help us find it in you and you alone. And if, God, we are clinging to other things, make it very clear and apparent that nothing that we're searching for, that we're seeking, that we're trusting in will deliver but you. Make us desperate for you, God. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.